podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowers, also known as Seventh Mastery. Oh, Krista, this has been a lifetime this last week, it seems like for me. How about you? Uh, you know, I have a feeling I wasn't quite as busy as you. Uh, I did do <laughs> more prop printing, and and now I have to say it, my my Neptune has failed me. There's There's been oh, issues. No. Oh, it's no. not terminal. It's not terminal. And I think this is just learning uh-huh. curve stuff, right? We're right, going right. to be good. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to challenge yeah. myself to go back to the filaments in question and try again. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I'm hoping I, I didn't damage you- it, though. I'm thinking for you and maybe even like I'm thinking even for me that that maybe it's worth it to just go all the way to the bamboo. Like the thing that's fixed in the box and there's mm-hmm. no setting things up and it just go. I mean, and printer go boom. I I love that for me, but Ow, mm-hmm. a little bit. Jeez, I mean, well, no, I'm a no, because I also fine. had a bunch of crap with my with you know me in FDM printing in my background. It's not right, right, right. It's not been a successful, lovely uh, dance through the tulips. And honestly, FDM printing, I, I love you all that love your FDM printing. Wonderful, glorious stuff is made in FDM, and it's been like the longest standing 3D printing tech and responsible for so much of this hobby. But oh boy, is it hard sometimes, especially it when is. you're dealing with cheaper printers. It is, it is. I mean, and you know, the Neptune's not super cheap, but it's pretty cheap, uh, affordable. Mm-hmm. And I got it on sale. So mm-hmm. I want to say overall, it wasn't really that bad. Change the nozzle. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. that's the thing. That That's what worries me is that the, that the, uh, the nozzles uh, borked. I hope not, but I'm a little nervous about that um, because I did change materials so often. And then one of them, one of them had a very wide uh, temperature well, variance. The, well, the good news is, even if it is mm-hmm. nozzles, nozzles, nozzles are cheap and easy to change. So, like, it's mm. it's, it's it's not a difficult operation. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping <laughs> it's still going to work, but there's a good chance. And now yeah. that Troy said that, I'm, of course, like having a little bit of palpitation. Oh, no. I really, hate, I really hate tearing open my, my printer. Even just the hothead bugs me. I think, you know, you buy something, you want it to work for more than a couple months. And though technically Mm -hmm. I've owned it for longer than that, I've only been printing with it for like four Mm -hmm. weeks now. Right. So I am wanting to, I'm wanting to change my nozzle just because I'm starting to believe in like, uh, if Uncle Jesse is a great uh, 3D printing channel. If you haven't checked this channel out and you're into 3D printing, you absolutely have to. And he is a strong advocate that, this the printers that are shipping right now they ship with 0.4 millimeter nozzles mm-hmm. um which is just probably not a great size for mm. either way because it's oh, really too big to get ultra detail because like if you want to print like minis and stuff and you want to like go for that like I, instead i do not recommend that i recommend minis go resin but if you want to sure. do that if you want to do the like the, the cool flexing of i made this thing dance and make cool awesome minis that look as good as resin um you want to go with like a 0.2 millimeter nozzle like so you go smaller right. and if you want to print things like cool freaking houses and terrain it's almost always universally better to go up to 0.6 because it's not the detail isn't the outside because it can take that six millimeter nozzle and move it tiny amounts 
It's just right. the thinnest wall it can make. And, right, right. And houses are big things. Yeah, yeah. And terrain, well, and even... <clears throat> some of the toys and stuff you would make would actually benefit from that thickness. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's and also it prints dramatically faster. Going up to 0.6 is like a twice increase in print speed. Um so between that and fast printers, I kind of want to take my Neptune 4 and slap a 0.6 on it and then just like flood my house with dungeon tiles. <laughs> the cracking ones that you like. I do love those cracking tiles. I, really I mean, they're pretty. They tiles. are pretty. I kind of want to do some more, but I'm kind of like, I have so much stuff. I don't know if I need a whole other set of dungeon tiles, but mm -hmm. especially when I can make foam cut ones really fast now, I've gotten really good at that. But, yeah. and I'm kind of just like, just deep diving into my inner DM nerd lately and wanting to like, like, like the, I don't get this itch super often, but especially mm -hmm. because like my years as, 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 a Pathfinder ambassador, like I was like gung ho, yay, Galarian. And, and the, there's a lot to Galarian to love. I um, love the system. Galarian, not so much, but that's just me. Go uh, on. Yeah. Uh, I am very much, uh, very much a Galarian fanboy and uh, Forgotten Realms fanboy before that. And yeah. you have convinced me to love Planescape because thanks to you, yay. Planescape, and I'm like, there's so much cool stuff in here. The multiverse so has claimed cool another. I mean, most of the stuff I like is Sigil, but there's so much cool stuff in here. Well, the nice thing about Planescape and embracing the multiverse as a whole mm -hmm. is you get everything. All the homebrew worlds, all the published worlds, every edition, every change of narrative. Like, I might have a game that's happening in a campaign setting that's existent, but they don't know it, A. And B, they don't know they're playing in the second edition canon, not the fifth edition canon. So that's a thing. Anyway. So I went and did what I usually do when I have this itch. Mm -hmm. And I went to my local Barnes and Noble. Mm. And I bought me a nice, pretty looking leather journal. Oh. And then I started filling it with all my world ideas for my nice. Because I love making worlds, and I have no idea what I'll do with this thing. Um, but I kind of want to run a campaign in it, and I'm having yeah. fun with it. So you're just and world building right now, stuff. and just journaling about the world building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I always do that. I always do that. Like I, I'll spend like a few months building the world up, and then mm -hmm. I'll like recruit a crew. It's cause, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm I am privileged and lucky enough that when I want to play, it's not difficult for me to put a group together, and I bet it's not difficult for you to put seven groups together. Uh, I may have been left alone for a few hours the other day, and then talk to someone about something for five minutes, and be making another <laughs> campaign setting. Right oh now. my god! So that will be my. Fifth mm -hmm. campaign setting this year. Mm -hmm. Well, like twelve month year. Mm -hmm. I have a problem. It's oh, okay though. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, I love your campaign settings are always so super imaginative and cool. And I just like am blown away that you even think about some of those cool interactions. This is gonna be post uh post Magitech apocalypse. Oh, oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going into a bit. Hmm, we're both doing a post-apocalypse thing, but mine's very different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm doing a post 
Fey Court Genocide Apocalypse. Oh, ooh, that's interesting. So is this the one you were talking about for that other project you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm blowing it oh. up into a world to play around in. Yeah. Like, I've thought about like different things to do it. And like part of me was even like grabbing visual novel maker and was like, I'll just make a visual novel with it. Sure. Uh, um, but either way, I, I'm I'm playing around in that sandbox and it's fun. Um and but that also means that I, I so love that I'm involved in that 3D printing is a hobby because when I go, because this is me going kind of into wild directions uh, with the settings. And it's like, oh, it's like very not steampunk, but like Victorian fey punk kind of things going on. And I need all mm -hmm. these very wild and interesting customized stuff for the setting and the terrain and the minis. And good Lord, if I was buying if uh, store bought ain't fine this time, you can't. Store always you can't, fine. Just kidding. You, you can't go to your local gaming store and go. I need a, I need a set of halfling pickpockets that all have fairy wings and newsy caps. Uh, I mean that's but, pretty that's, specific, but you could totally do that with the three D printing. You can absolutely do that because, yeah, like, even yeah. if I can't find that many, and there are kind of are uh, odds are I'll find that many. Yeah. Um. Or odds are, unfortunately, from this podcast, we've learned me putting this idea into the world. One of y'all crazy people will make that many. Um, yeah. But uh, if, if not, yeah. I can digitally kit bash a dozen of them in like an evening and then I'll just mm -hmm. have a whole slew. You could totally do that. And I will bet you money for sure that it's mm -hmm. on Eldritch Foundry. You could easily do that. And I'm uh -huh. probably pretty sure that Hero Forge could take care of that too. Yeah, but, Hero Forge gave me that that's the the premium license mm -hmm. and it's still active, so I should probably go look and see. You should go look I, at it just even if you're just trying to model some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Eldritch Foundry is really nice. It's so nice. Yeah, I love them. Um I was just to say we're doing I'm gonna do what if Final Fantasy 10 slash 16 times uh -huh. times Pokemon, maybe times okay. uh time times like you know uh weird post tech apocalypse setting. It, 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 it'll be interesting. But they, um, I really like the idea that the Pokemon thing would actually be the remnants of biotech encoded critters that like if you're a handler or trainer that you actually have the gene trait that they bond to. And I think that'd be really neat. So that's probably going to happen. Is, Power World. Yes, I've been playing Power World, David. Just saying. Everybody on this planet has been playing Power World. If you've looked at those Steam numbers, it's been insane. Yeah, I might oh. be. 42nd level and nearly at max. Go oh my good lord. Yeah. I mean I can't I can't to complain you're playing on my server. So I, it's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, it's fun. But and again, that weird freaking setting you wouldn't be able to do it with like you you could do it mm -hmm. with a thousand billion dollars in a metric ton of green stuff. Um yeah. but with thankfully with 3D printing is fun. And I've also been I've also been kind of blessed in a different way mm -hmm. um, because I've been, uh, as y'all know, I work for OPR, um, mm -hmm. one of the leaders of OPR, uh, and they're we, kind of a big deal. 
Just saying. No, that's not what I was saying, Chris. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Don't <sighs> let him be modest, people. He's kind of a big deal. Anyway, go on. Either way, we've, we've been working on a project, and it's been very public. Mm-hmm. I got a giant box. You got a giant a box? A giant box came in the mail. Oh. Because I like to set up for this project. Yes. And it, that giant box is filled with hundreds of professionally painted 3D printed minis. Ooh. And so, like, they're, they're just they're just sitting there on my game table. And I, I get to do the cool thing where I'm three years old again. And I'm just setting up the T-Rigs and the giant robot scorpion. And it's like, and you all fight. And then I take pictures of it. And he's like, you all fight. And then the big frog wizard comes down. And yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, it's been fun. Oh man, yeah. So, like for, the, for those of you, I don't usually uh, front the front the the day job stuff here, but we just launched a big campaign, and it's one of the reasons I've been so stressed out lately. Uh, was getting gearing up for this gigantic crowdfunding campaign over on Frontiers, Secrets of Tixel, Secrets it of Tixel. Looks, looks very cool. Looks very um, cool, and I think it's gonna blow up real big. So that's just me as a mm-hmm. as a Patreon backer of your company who is super excited. Yeah, and and we were talking about that a little bit because you know the amount of work that goes into this, and you, you like I didn't even need to tell you like my mental state coming into this, and this is not my first rodeo with crowdfunding. If you're not um, seeing this right now, I'm nodding my head very vigorously to the point where right. I might hurt myself. And crowdfunding <laughs> is such a humongous part of our industry. We've we've talked it about this is. before in the previous episodes. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many very cool uh, Kickstarters, and now there's like GameFounds, and like there's Frontiers on my mini factory, mm-hmm. which is where where our campaign and is going. Backer right Kit themselves now is also launching mm-hmm. stuff. You can still use it to back your other platforms, but Backer Kit also has its right. own launch. So, yeah. Yep. And so it's it's so ubiquitous, but I don't think most people know what goes on in behind the scenes. So you had the idea that like because we both have done so many of these mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to talk about like what goes behind like setting up for one of these Kickstarters or what's it like to run one of these things and and what's it like to to be on the other side of the fence of one of these things uh, and, and to see them to success or failure and like what what is involved in like a lot of our listeners we know are indeed creators or have mm-hmm. ambitions of being creators of various different uh, whether you're 3d printing and i know some of you all are interested in other aspects of the gaming life um so like that maybe this information be some use of value to y'all mm-hmm. i Let's will first say Let's get into it. I'll first say it's a ton of work. Like it is an mm-hmm. insane amount of work. Um, Boy, to is get it a campaign going? And it's and I understand. And I understand. Like a lot of y'all doing doing it super well. There's there's a lot of you all that have put out some amazing campaign. Like how many times have we just been like Nui and Lovecraft campaign just dropped? Get on it. Mm-hmm. Um and and records of success is valuable in this life because like (laughs) i don't i've talked about this before success is not always guaranteed thankfully in 3d printing space um the 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 culture that's grown up around it is all these digital models and you get them super fast and most of them are done before you even see the campaign um which is the approach we took uh over at opr where 
the frontier is literally everything is ready now. Yeah. You pledge, you yeah. just get it. And yeah. And like, I love it when it's like the 30 days, like the in Lovecraft one at the end of 30 days, give me my houses. I'm going to start printing yeah. my houses. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's cool. Cause there's a lot of buyer confidence also. It's mm-hmm. not like, cause a lot of times, you know, one of the things that you, if you've ever done Kickstarter or, or mm-hmm. back to Kickstarter, there's a big disclaimer thing that says, this is not a store. You are not right. buying stuff. You are hoping at stuff. And if you get mm-hmm. it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. I mean, there's now a little bit more legal rec- recourse than that because the situation's evolved. I, I'm not going to get into the specifics if you want to. I'm sure there's somebody far more educated about, you know, how that restitution mm-hmm. process might work. But, you know, the truth of the matter is these are crowdfunding and they are their hopes and dreams and stars and wishes. We mm-hmm. really want them to happen. But oftentimes you don't know. You don't know. And virality is so strange and weird um, mm-hmm. that it, it can gift, uh, you know, a uh, uh, a creative who is manic and by themselves in a loft apartment to have a, you know, lightning strike million dollar campaign. And Mm -hmm. then it can, you can have a fantastic team, some great marketing, the whole thing. And it's just the wrong time or like, you know, something unexpected like the pandy or some other thing happens. And it's just the biggest D and D creator in the world drops their campaign the week before you were supposed to drop yours. There's something like that. Yeah. That might happen to somebody. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, for instance, or you know, yeah. your your idea thing. This is this is something that I've struggled with. This is something I want people mm-hmm. to hear because this does mm-hmm. not mean it's bad. Okay, mm-hmm. I want everybody to hear this. This doesn't mean it's bad, but sometimes crowdfunding allows you to try something unknown. Right. You can step in and ideate something we've never seen before. I jokingly reference the potato salad guy all the time. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with this right. story from TikTok, from uh, Kickstarter and. I don't think it might have been TikTok. It might have been Vine. I don't know. Basically, the guy said, I want to make it was years. Yeah. So it was, it was fine. Anyway, he wanted he wanted to make a bowl of potato salad. He wanted to make the best potato salad in the water. He got thousands of dollars, thousands of thousands. And he ended up starting, mm-hmm. I think, like a YouTube channel and a whole bunch of stuff. And he, you know, mm-hmm. he did fulfill his commitment. He made a fantastic bowl of potato salad, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But he also used it to propel a whole new platform, right? And that's awesome. And that's amazing. But, you know, at the wrong mm-hmm. time, the wrong moment and the wrong reception, you're going to run into some problems. And this happens mm-hmm. also when you have a team where you don't know everything about everyone. You had a specific mm-hmm. term for it once, and I'm trying to remember what it was. But um, basically, sometimes you don't know it and your team members have skeletons in a closet or whatever. And then suddenly you're halfway milkshake into ducking. your is it milkshake ducking. Is that yes. what you said? Milkshake duck. Hmm. I'm not sure that reference even do you, are you able to explain that on her? This no. is a few years old and it happened okay. around the 2016 election. I think mm. um, when a certain, some like this is not, I, I'm not getting into politics, but like the origin of the meme is mm-hmm. during one of the debates a certain somebody in a red sweater came up and asked a bunch of questions and everybody mm-hmm. was like, Oh, this guy's like, super cool and and he's like super moderate and everybody kind of fell in love with this slightly awkward nice guy trying to get right, everybody right, right. get along and then it yep. came out later oh um and this is where i don't like th- i don't like this part of the story yeah but yeah, like yeah. they discovered that they were involved in various adult forms of entertainment between consenting peoples hmm. um and hmm. then it was so that then propelled a, a, a comedy sketch that is 
the world falls in love with Milkshake Duck, a duck that drinks milkshake. We regret to inform you that Milkshake Duck is racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So this sort of thing can happen. And uh, I, I can think of a very well-known gaming personality that we're not going to name who was involved mm -hmm. with a very successful campaign. And during that campaign, stuff came out uh, about them and their prior history with people in the industry. And suddenly a whole campaign that had already funded, had gone big, stretch goals mm -hmm. were offered, money was spent. And then suddenly this completely unknown thing to most of the people, to most of the people suddenly comes back and like the whole thing defunds and get, have, they have to cancel the project. And they literally, your hopes and dreams and stars and wishes turn into thousands of dollars of debt. And that's rough. Uh, having personally experienced it a couple of different ways, even a successful campaign. Um, I want to say, oh, I was talking it. that is such a dangerous thing. People don't understand. You can succeed yourself into bankruptcy. If you yes. didn't plan your campaign to scale yes. the way it needs to, yep. you can just, it just multiplies your debt. The more people that pledge. Here is a, here is a cautionary tale from my own life. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had a buddy who had uh, worked at a company that had a shipping assurance program. And every year they would pick a worthy person to mm -hmm. provide the shipping services to that person for free so that they could test their shirt shipping solutions. And I had a agreement with this person <laughs> to have them handle my shipping. And um, that was meant that my budget for shipping while in the project could become freed up. Mm -hmm. And so these things were all great, you know, whatever friend. So what, what didn't we do that we should always do? Contracts. I have a contract. Whoops. Mm -hmm. That people always, always, always. I don't care if you are blood related to this person or or married or whatever it is. Do the contract if you have something that involves a dollar sign, maybe even a penny sign or cent sign. Get a contract anyway. Um, so situation is great thing happens. Friend gets promoted out of the department that sees overseas shipping assurance all of their prior verbal contracts are negated and suddenly i'm back on the hook for all the international shipping of my project oh, we won't shit. throw specific numbers out mm -hmm. but um it moved the profitability window of my project from like a couple months after fulfillment to years after fulfillment mm -hmm. so that was rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and even if, even in others, I've heard of situations where let's say you're getting your product produced overseas. Mm -hmm. It is not uncommon to hear about, well, you agreed on a number, but that company mm -hmm. doesn't exist anymore. Quote unquote. Now right. a new company you've never heard of is demanding twice that number or you right. never get your books you already paid for. Right, right. So there's that. There's also uh, mm -hmm. shipping. Uh, stuff gets lost. Mm -hmm. And your entire run of mm -hmm. beautiful, glorious hardcovers might be mm -hmm. one of dozens and dozens and dozens of shipping containers. And it's only one or two boxes or one or two, sorry, one or two pallets in that thing. Unless you're like really a big company, right? I had a single pallet for my Kickstarter and that was still mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of people who backed it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
<laughs> funny follow-up story to this too but uh we we you know did that and i had a friend who did the same thing almost the exact same volume i did almost the exact same print run i did shipping container got lost company it took him like two to three years to get that company to redo the print run and wow in the gaming industry i'll tell you folks if you are small and you're not like you know watsy or or maybe paizo you have a, a, a two to three year delay in your release schedule and you have money out in the air. It's a bad scene. Yeah. Uh, that person no longer produces products anymore. So um, not their fault. And it, this happened to a lot of people during the pandy also. So like mm -hmm. unforeseen stuff can really mess you up. Um, another one of mine, this is more comical. <laughs> uh, you know, my company runs off of freelancers, right? And me mm -hmm. and I do a lot of work. I do graphic design. I do editing. I do layout. I do development. I do my own draft work for parts of the projects. Can and, we, can we stop know. or pause on this note? Yes. To point out that a lot that a lot of times these these really cool indie projects are only possible because you put on so many hats yourself and you're not hiring professionals for each of those slots. You had to become the professional in each of those slots. And, and, you know, what I did, actually, my project was just successful enough that I did do professionals for all those slots Ooh. so that I had a, a second check for everything I could. I got a sensitivity reader. I got uh, a secondary layout, Liz Kors. She's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did. I got an editor, got like all those things. I, and, you know, um, I had beta readers and stuff like that. There was a <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go through some, all the cautionary tales here. But, um, you know. That was for my most successful project, though, right? And my normal projects, I could not, could not probably do that casually, right? Unless I had mm -hmm. a ton of whatever capital or whatever. And um, uh, yeah, all those hats really mattered. And if I hadn't had them all, any number of unforeseen moments would have 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 destroyed me. And another thing that people do <laughs> is make their big beautiful budget, and they think, well, but my work, I don't have to pay for my work. Oh, you're no. still going to have to pay yourself for that time. So what can you do? You can put yourself in a situation for months or years where you're doing full-time work and not getting a paycheck. So mm -hmm. don't do that either. Please put yourself in your budget. Please. I know you're going to say, no, but I'm, I don't cost anything. I get all the profit. I like for me, when I do stuff, I usually don't do, um, you know, because I'm so small and my print runs are so limited. I don't do standing payouts right i do as high rate as i could probably probably go and then uh, after that you know my, my freelancers and i part ways and i any profit from the project uh is mine right um and i make sure that they're all okay with that and i explain it or i say here you can have this back for portfolio credit or whatever it is you know and there's negotiations it's not always the same but um doing all that even like <laughs> You, you can't not take care of yourself during the project. Do not, mm -hmm. do not do that. Okay. Having done it a couple times, don't do it, please. It's the worst. Cause then you're doing all this work. You're in the super stress of it. You're, you're also probably your own marketing team. If you're at that volume and you're living, breathing and, and sleeping this thing. And if you aren't, if you're not compensated from your, your project, it's a bad time. It's a bad time. Don't do that. Um, a lot of one. what we're going over here is you need to plan, 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 and plan, mm -hmm. or else you're going to have a bad time. 
Right. This, Absolutely. And it's and also if you have not ever worked in any of these fields professionally before, or this literally is your first rodeo, you desperately need to hook up with somebody who absolutely has done this before and knows what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. it is crazy. And yes, it is, and that's the thing. Uh Voxel Forge Miniatures puts in, isn't that just owning a business? That is owning a successful business. Mm -hmm. And you are run, even though this is Kickstarter and you're putting your dream out there into the world and you're going out on your own and like, maybe this is part-time, maybe this is uh, monetizing a hobby and stuff. It is absolutely still a business. And if you don't treat it like a business, you're going to kill your own dream. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to hate yourself and then you'll end up hating your dream. And that is the worst feeling. Or both. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Oh my gosh. And, and I know that like, we're not, the message here is not don't do this. No, absolutely. The message not. here Please is go in with your eyes open. Eyes open about and what planning really and strategy and build your platform, mm -hmm. build your media presence or whatever you need to do. But do not go into this without marketing. Do not go into this without preparation. And it can be a whisper campaign. It can be it can be social media. It can be an attempt at virality. But if you're going to do that, I recommend making sure your budget accounts for instability and accounts for the unexpected. Right. And and be willing to fail and mm -hmm. be OK with that. Um, and I yeah. say this having at various points in my life, you know, been OK with it and various points not. And I will tell you when I was in the good headspace where I was like knew the risks and knew what I was doing and knew, you know, all the consequences, I performed better and had more successful projects. Um, but the the times that I was like, you know, let's just do this thing. Almost always. I mean, I, I, I have run successful and unsuccessful crowdfunding campaigns. And I will say if I'm, absolutely 100 honest there was a, a warning sign anytime it wasn't successful you know what i mean so like and that might be like here's a good example if you don't know this kickstarter does not have a submit today be ready in three days it is close to that when they're caught up but it can be oh we're behind your campaign's going to take a while so like I recommend, gosh, weeks, if not months before your launch date, submit your project and have it like yeah. good to go. Have that launch button button yeah. ready sitting there weeks before you need it. Like, I mean, all the campaigns I've ever been involved with have been months and months of planning mm -hmm. and organization and and getting the platform on board months before you're you're going to launch it and everything worked out well in advance because mm -hmm. if you're waiting to the last minute and here's a here's a here's a here's a secret no matter how prepared you are the last minute you're still going to be busy uh yeah, yeah. and there's still going to um, be unexpected stuff yeah, yeah yeah but if you're waiting like don't wait to the last minute to do any of this it, like this is not i need i need to fund this project tomorrow kind of thing that that, that just like of course the stars might align and the luck gods of virality will strike your campaign and bless it with amazing success. Right. Right. But that's the, the 1% of 1% of 1%. That's not yeah. your average campaign. Your average campaign that's successful is the result of months of work of marketing, of data research, of getting firms involved, of multiple partners working together, entire teams right. coordinating no, and, and, and so many graphics, so much graphic design work. Your your graphic designer and your video producer 
are your best friends during one of these because you've got to make this cool looking thing that looks mm -hmm. cool. If you've made a really awesome thing and you're wanting to sell it to the world or convince the world they need to do it, your page needs to compete at the same professional level as million dollar companies. Uh, so, or, or mm -hmm. be well done and scrappy enough to pull on the heartstrings. Oh, that's somebody. so hard. That's that is a gamble. It is, it is, it is. But occasionally you see it. Occasionally you see somebody mm -hmm. who just clearly like is just waiting out the door, and there's that perfect moment of sincerity, and you buy it, and it works, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, having tried that approach, do not count on it. Do not. No, because, no, you no, know, no. You're, you're even if your project best. is rad and it's a perfectly like together thing, and you've got like all your talent lined up, and you've got like, you know. I, I, something I'm also we haven't talked about have an offering have a free mm -hmm. thing that someone can see right away um, right, right, yeah. and you know probably even the right free thing now that's going to be hard to nail down right mm -hmm. but yeah and, have, and that's have a the thing is like this is not you don't go to Kickstarter because you had a cool idea for a thing you go to Kickstarter because you had a cool idea for a thing and you've developed it and you've started mm -hmm. working on it and you've written all the text for the thing or you've done the sculpting for most of the thing or like mm -hmm. you have to be like Kickstarter is where you get across the final mile. If right. you you need to have enough stuff there and done that -hmm. people feel confident backing you and also that you need to that you know that if you get this funding it means that you will succeed with this thing. Um, because where I've seen th things fail is people come in where they like, like coming in with an RPG supplement where they've done none of the writing yet. It's like, yeah, well, I'm going to get this funded and then I'm going to do all the writing and then I'm going to get all the art. And then I'm going to like, I've seen right. it succeed where the whole book is written. Mm -hmm. Like you've written the entire book and like, maybe it yep. needs to do some editing passes. Maybe you're right. going to bring in some guest authors to do some more cool stuff and add to it. But like 90% of the product already exists. Yeah. And you need money to hire artists because that's the biggest expense in a, in a tabletop RPG or, or, mm -hmm. or gaming related book product is the yeah. art. Um, yeah. Or you need printing costs to get them made in China and shipped over in a, on a pallet or, or made in San Francisco and shipped over on a truck or wherever you're yeah. getting this produced at. Or, mm -hmm. or you're going to spend the big money and you're going to get it made premium in France with cool slip covers. Uh, yeah, I uh, didn't like know this. Like, so there's little things that are unexpected, right? Like, I had my shipping estimates, I had my you know uh, production costs. I did do overseas, you know, in uh, Shanghai, and uh, I had I had everything all good to go. What did I not know about? Duty fees. Uh, oh no! Fees. Oh no! There was a strike during my delivery window. You got a plan for the strike. Yeah, like, and you know, <laughs> fortunately, nobody like did a staring contest, right? It was like a week, yeah. but um, my stuff sat on a dock unpicked up for mm -hmm. a week because, but you know, I'm not joking about that. You got to prepare for the strike thing because between the production side, the Teamsters, mm -hmm. the shipping, the rail workers, all like the all these different unions that are involved, odds are at any given time. One of them has had a reason to strike during your production run that year, and something is going to delay your book. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm.
and it, um, it will happen. I mean, yeah. The, um, you know, I mean, my, let's go ahead. So my my theory on all of this is like you map out like responsibly and realistically how long it's going to take to do all the steps of production. Mm-hmm. You know, and like and you and you and you realize that it's going to take longer than you think it did. So you plan for yeah. that and you mm-hmm. and you get all the things lined out on your thing. And, you know, I'm going to need this much time to do this. I'm going to need this much time with some wiggle worm to do this. I'm going to need this much time to wiggle worm this. And then when you take that 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 awesome spreadsheet where you fill in all this padding and fail safes and, and, and design, you then stretch it 50% out more for the mm-hmm. crap you didn't think about. Yeah, yeah. Better to <laughs> deliver early mm-hmm. than, you know, deliver whatever late. I think I was still torn up. Mm-hmm. I think it was nine months late. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just savaged by that because I really wanted to make sure I delivered whatever I had peers and I'm not going to name names, but we, we might know them. Their movie stars were involved um, uh, that did their campaign pretty much at the exact same time I did. And it's still not fulfilled. Um, and I fulfilled my campaign five years ago, almost. So yeah. Anyway, um, in the 3d printing a- space, we can give you some specific advice. Oh, have yeah. your entire core pledge sculpted, rendered, right, really right. pretty graphics. If you if you've got it, if it's possible within reach, get that stuff printed. Get some painters to paint up a few of them professionally. Get like mm-hmm. some really cool video of them on the table and like all this stuff. Like make it look really nice and then like actually have this stuff like ready to wear. Like when this pledge ends, I can give all this core set to the thing and then. If you have stretch goals and stuff like that, that's the stuff that's not done yet is the stretch right, goal stuff. Right. And have most of your stretch goal stuff that you know you're going to fund done ahead of time so that people see it. It is all yeah, cool or at least con- your concept goals. art and stuff in for sure. For yeah. sure. What is but like you basically want to get to a point where like the first few stretch goals is like, oh, cool. It's all ready. And like it's going to be delivered with the rest of it. And then when your campaign is wildly successful, you've got like some poor intern sketching like crazy. It's like, I don't know. It's going to be a dinosaur riding the tank. Boom. Right, right. But I think this is a good thing to talk about with general, but specifically to the 3D printing space mm-hmm. is um, the type of projects that are good to do. And the 3D printing stuff, you know, I think um, uh, Blast Assignment for Ledge just said, trying to write a game from mm-hmm. a miniature has been leaning towards printing yourself. Uh, sell the miniatures already. Why not? Exactly. You can take a product like a 3D printing project, mm-hmm. and even if the campaign doesn't fail, if you've done all this work and you've got the files mm-hmm. and it's all ready to go, you're mm-hmm. still going to be able to sell that on my manufacturer. You're still yeah. going to be able to, yeah. to have your Patreon. You're going to have those things, and you're still going to recoup your cost. So I have seen a lot of yeah. campaigns, mm-hmm. not just 3D printing, where the initial try didn't make it. And sometimes they come at it again, second bat. Like we redid the campaign, we did the redid the pricing, we changed mm-hmm. the theme up, we learned our lessons, and then it'll succeed. Or, yeah. but more commonly, I'll see, like even with like books and stuff, is like we re-budgeted everything to more realistic. We got private funding, and we just put this thing out in the world without a campaign. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's something that's worth also mentioning. If you think you mm-hmm. can convince a thousand people to support your project you might be able to convince one angel investor to support your project. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe that's actually easier and safer, honestly. You're not putting yourself out there in the community. You're not putting yourself out there like, you know, to possible critique because 
we know there are trolls. We know there are folks mm -hmm. who are going to come at you just to come at you. And, um, you know, I had people back my Kickstarters and just pay a dollar so they could comment on the Kickstarter and say terrible things, right? There are people that just live to do this stuff. And then they cancel their pledge after they have a comment, like, staining your, your page, right? Um, so the, these people exist, and they're going to come at you, and you need to be ready for that, A. But B, you know, consider what your actual cost and your actual investment is, and you might be able to find somebody else to just take it over and, and help you out. I would be very careful with this if you... 100% want to retain all control of your project because you get an investor like that, they're probably going to expect a voice. So, you know, mileage may vary. I'm not, you know, your, your project planner, unless you want to pay me as a consultant, then we'll talk. But um, <laughs> I, I, I will say that possibility for a smaller project, probably way more safe than relying on a Kickstarter. Uh, speaking of getting outside help, there are certain skill sets you need to have, and either you mm -hmm. are that skill set professionally, mm -hmm. or you need to go find somebody who is and hire them. Yes. And these are the skill sets you cannot leave on the table. And this is going to be universal to all kinds of projects, because I'm assuming mm -hmm. if you're doing a 3D sculpting Kickstarter, you've got sculptors that have made the cool, mm -hmm. cool models. Yeah. But or you know what you sculptor. need to have? You mm -hmm. need to have a graphic designer, like a you real do. professional graphic designer yeah. to make your page yeah. look good. And to make your models look good and like to do that. you need that. You need that. It's not optional. And if you're not, if you are that, or you can teach yourself to be that great. If you want to, but that's part of the investment. The time it takes to learn a skill is time. You could have been doing other things that earn money to, and you could right. have just hired it. And it's often cheaper yeah. to do that higher. Mm -hmm. um, you need marketing. Mm -hmm. You absolutely need marketing of some sort of some sort. If you're right. going to be doing the whisper campaign, social media, because you've 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 been a, a, a presence in the the community for a very long time, and you're going to be you're going to be spending that goodwill that you just earned up being that 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 presence. Um, I've been there. It mm -hmm. works. Me and too. It's so much harder. It's so much harder than to just give a few thousand dollars to an agency and let them do their thing, because very a good true. marketing agency can can tell can take to a dollar from you. And give you back three. Yeah, yeah. Question mm -hmm. from uh, Blast Samplage: uh, Taking a failed Kickstarter material and selling on MMF. What about going the other way, taking product from MMF and putting it towards a crowdfunding campaign? Is that feasible? Lots of people do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, Asgard Rising, we I love Asgard Rising uh, a mm -hmm. lot, and a lot of times they will take a lot of their project. That they've done in the past, repackage mm -hmm. it, add yep. some cool stuff to it, yeah, and then launch that up as a as a as a campaign. It's like a second chance at bat to get this at, a, at the price mm -hmm. as when it was produced on Patreon or something, and yep. um, that happens all the time. Like your back catalog of product can can absolutely be repurposed. You all, I, I do say you have to do something to freshen it up. You have to add something to it, usually. Um, to just to kind of like revitalize it or repackage it or, or refreshen it. Um, mm -hmm. and, so, and heck, I, and, and Secrets of Tishel, the, the OPR campaign running right now, um, like the new adventure and the heroes is, is the crux of the campaign. But like supporting that campaign is all the past stuff we've made for, right, the, right. for the factions yeah. involved is available to prop that up. Yeah. Um, uh, same thing. Uh, you know, I'm I stand a lot for Monolith Arts. Uh, they did Lost mm -hmm. Souls. 
Um, they do a lot of other stuff. They're currently doing another one that's like really terrible, horrible monsters. Of course, I love. Uh, mm-hmm. But it has a are you a Patreon supporter? Then back this, right? Yes. Uh, always because, do that. Always have that tier if you're yes, doing because repackaging. it's so confusing if you're going to do repackaging. Am I buying minis I already have? Hey, Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. Hey, Valkyrie. Um, uh, yeah, but um, do that and make it very clear, please. Mm-hmm. Please, for the sanity sometimes of your you, sometimes FOMO they even name buddies. It. They, sometimes they even name it the Patreon tier. <laughs> it's like, yep. you've been my supporter forever. Here's the $10 to get everything that's new. <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised this Patreon tier is a little expensive. I still love you, Monolith Arts. I'm just a little surprised. That's all I'm going to say. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah. especially if people have been your supporters for so long. Throw them a bone. Uh-huh. So I want to shout out to some really cool Kickstarter and crowdfunding campaigns, like not just Kickstarter, some Frontiers as well, mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. going on right now that I have nothing to do with. Just, to, just to show some good examples of, of stuff mm-hmm. I really like that's going on. Uh, first, Daka Daka. Daka Daka. Daka Daka has got the Stormbringers 2. They've done Stormbringers before, but I think Stormbringers mm-hmm. 2 really upped the game on this. And if you like your not space marines to have a whole lot of personality mm-hmm. stormbreakers 2 is it like you want space vikings that look freaking awesome or you just want a ton of bits to customize your games workshop models to make them look a whole lot better uh and more space vikingy this is absolutely the perfect campaign I for want that. to and say I'm just I so awesome this. did i back the first one maybe i did you may have backed the first one i don't know if you backed maybe. this one too but it's no i like, did not back this and, one yet i didn't know it was even out yet um yeah while we're they do that at this. thing where like there's the the pledge where you can mm-hmm. i love this about like ian lovecraft does this a lot and consider doing this too uh yes if you're doing please do this yeah we're like we're doing a thing and also it's a chance to get the thing we did last year too. Like yes. you missed out on the first thing because a lot of people like me included, I'm thinking about jumping in on this uh, because I just love how these look. Um, but I missed the first one. I didn't see it. I didn't catch it when it was coming around and I'm like, Oh, I don't want an incomplete collection. Oh, look, I can get both of them for real cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so for, me, this one. for me too. And I'm, I'm just going to implore creators to consider this. Once you've got your first campaign settled and everything, maybe you don't charge the full premium when you add it to the next one. If it's in a big bundle, um, I am much more likely as a consumer to go, Oh, it's, it's, you know, your first one at like $30 instead of $40. I'm going to, I'm going to really appreciate that. You've already probably mm-hmm. got your costs from your first campaign. Just consider it. I do know there are creators that don't do it. They don't budge. They like, I, I love and respect artists. And so if you need to do this for your own self-worth or whatever, great. But like when you only get the good deal, if you bought it on Patreon when they were nobody <laughs> or whatever, and that, or, you know, that, that you've been a long, low fan. And then like you pay blood and tears for everything else they ever do. <laughs> I say this looking at heroes infinite a little because I love them, but good golly, super expensive. If you get it post release anyway, um, I love them, but still. Uh, David says, uh, going to spiff up some 40K Marines. I mean, I'm going to spiff up some Battle Brothers. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> some totally um, not Space Marines. It's kind of like playing Power World, but 40K version. We're not talking about Pokey I mean, space honestly, Marines. I have because of just causality. 
You're, I don't think you're allowed to exist in this space without collecting. Ad, just like you, you become a miniature war gamer, and then for some reason around you, a hundred space marines will appear, and that has happened to me because I got like the entire Indominus box mm -hmm. plus like these two boxes of the recruit of friend thing that GW mm -hmm. put out because a, st a local store of mine was like, we're never going to carry GW stuff. They send us this here. You do what pennies you take them. And then it's like, That's Oh, cool. thanks for a couple hundred Marines friends. Right. Um, and like, you're just going to just like just existing in this hobby space Marines will just like spontaneously uh, spawn around you. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I might want to like spiff up some of them and make them look cool. Um, yeah. So uh, Daka Daka was first one. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, so next up is I'm calling this company out because not calling them out. I'm 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 putting them up because I love the product and they've been doing this for like heck and ever. And this is super tiny, but it's mm -hmm. STL Loot Factory. They've been mm -hmm. doing these sets of texture rollers for years now, and now yeah. it's just getting ridiculous because this is set twelve. Wow. of their texture rollers mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of texture rollers you can get for free but they make really good ones and they're not that cheap they're, they're not very expensive it's like under a dollar per texture roller stl um mm -hmm. at the end of it because you can get all 12 of their sets for like 64 usd which is just like a billion of these things right um, yeah, and cool. i love texture rollers because you can roll them across the foam or you can roll them across the clay and it's just like mm -hmm. a really awesome way to get super good looking terrain yeah, with like zero yeah. effort. I like it. I like it. And, I, and these texture rollers, when you buy them in the wild, um, like stuff from like Green Stuff World, which is a company I I, mm -hmm. I have complicated feelings about, mm -hmm. um, are very expensive. They're like $10, $20 a piece. Yep. Per but you got a yep. 3D printer. You should not do that. You should just get either like if you haven't done texture rolls before get on thingiverse get on printables there's lots of free ones get some use them learn to love them and then you will know why you would want a hundred more of them right right mm -hmm. um Do you back to uh sam fledge's question uh just because mm -hmm. uh we almost skipped it um, and I interrupted you. I apologize. Uh, however, um, we're looking at how many minis is a minimum for a campaign. Ask is a single person doing everything. Okay. Single person doing everything. Mm. My heart goes out to you. It's going to be rough. But mm. I'd honestly say a squad, a good solid squad is enough if your ask mm -hmm. is low. Um, yeah. It, 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 that but, is, it depends on your ask. Right. Uh, absolutely. If you're only expecting like $20 pledges, or $30 pledges. And that's actually probably a bit much for just a squad. Uh, $30 yeah. too much for a squad. But you can do like, and, and at that point, you really want to enter like boutique miniature territory. Mm -hmm. You want each one of them to be so cool, so creative um, and stuff. But this isn't a bad idea. Just so you're aware, mm -hmm. there are people who cannot keep up with the Patreon monthly mm -hmm. release schema, the, you know, my mini factory tribe schema. That's a viable thing to just maybe do quarterly crowdfunding with low asks and still kind of just get your, your stuff out there and build it up. And you can still put it on storefronts later. But um, 
it's there's people who do that, you know, and, um, you know, even if you just need to take a break from your Patreon routine and just do like a crowdfunding, whatever it is, um, like I think, you know, Scott over at Comet Lord has an amazing campaign coming up. He's been taking a break from, you know, Patreon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's clearly looking at the preview menus. Wow, it's been good for the recharging of batteries because those things look like fire, like really good stuff. And um, I'm super hyped for it. And, you know, I hopefully that's going to work out and be like super successful. But like, do what you need to do to make your business work. And I, you know, we're not going to be able to tell you what that looks like per case, but there's nothing wrong with like a small release if with a smaller ask, as long as you think you can still get the exposure you need. And um, that's the thing that kills me about these things, because even like running some of the lower, smaller goal stuff I've run, it's still hundreds to thousands of dollars to even get a little bit of ad revenue. out. I mean, ad exposure and stuff out there. It's, it's rough. I mean, one of the ones I was going to shout out to is actually a smaller, a smaller yeah, campaign. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, which is the. I will say, people, be careful what you name these things. Oh boy, you'll understand in a second. <laughs> but three D printable D and D heroes number three mages, mm. uh, from uh, Titan Troll. Who, friend of the show, the creator that's often friend of the show, uh, and does fantastic. Like, it's just exactly what it is. It's like all the different species, uh, like uh, not all of them, but a whole bunch of different species, male and female mage options mm-hmm. there with like really characterful, unique one off sculpts. Like, these are not going to be like uh, the same thing reposed a thousand times with small variations, right? right. These are all bespoke custom stuff like that's one of the reasons i like titan trolls uh work constantly there's 20 mm-hmm. models here i think it, it might have grown due to yeah. to stretch goals and stuff and like a 38 dollars backing uh for that many models so like that's two dollars a model which i think is about the upper limit on what you can charge uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion but again it's just my opinion um but it's like really nice quality stuff. It's it like it's it's definitely in that boutique level of uh, of miniature stuff. Like each one of these stands alone and is really cool. Um, whereas I mean, opposed I, to like take building a generic character and then recustomizing them twenty times. Right, right. Uh, is is a viable option for when you want to like flood. Like I want thirty barbarians of the tentacle monster. And you can totally get those done that way. And that's a, that's another viable, perfectly great strategy to get stuff done. But I do right. love these like one-off sculpts that is just like just pure art put into one mini. And then the next mini is not based on that at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And, so and this just, is another, uh, yeah. Always so flavorful too. Like, gosh, Titan Troll yeah. does such a good job with like emotions. Yeah. And it's like, like this super low fantasy look like, like if you like Baldur's Gate three, Titan Trolls art is like right up your alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know that the Seder Mage. I didn't see some of the stuff fantasy. that's in the stretch goals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We got the uh, Warforged Mages, Genasi Mages, all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, and also the smart thing, the ability to go back and get sets one and two. Mm-hmm. And some of their Very other smart. campaigns, mm-hmm. yeah. And again, and 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 that's yeah. You don't have to go huge, but but you can go huge. You can do the thirty 
like this is a unit of 30 tentacle barbarians and then it's the tentacle mammoth lord and then mm -hmm. the tentacle winches and like all like <laughs> you can do the winches. full army if you want to do that like full <laughs> army scale or if for the dnd side like the gigantic hundred minis Ooh. of uh, uh uh that for this very specific adventure style mm -hmm. campaign that also works like you can do the bucket of minis and mm -hmm. like would be the equivalent of like a creator's five or six months on patreon and then you can charge that 50 to 100 dollar range for that pledge to get like the the humongous collection because that's really satisfying like Troxy, like I, I don't have a bookmark here but like Troxy factory is like doing a redo of their their mummies yeah and it's pretty miniatures pretty good and some, it's like some really great minis and like it's all the old ones and all the new ones and like this gigantic collection, like it's an everything you need to put some good looking mummy miniatures on a table, like mummified crocodiles. I yes, they're really that yes. sculpt's really good. Very yeah, cool yeah. stuff. And like that option is available to you. And it, it's something great about like buying the whole thing at once. Like this is my whole army project. This is my whole D and D campaign project, all in one go. And it's all styled and it's all fits each other. And because it's 3D printed, it's like unlikely that you're going to see it at your local game store. Like, uh, because there's so many different options out there. Um, like, you're going, yours is going to stand out a little bit. And like, you can just work on that whole project all year and then just like, boom, look at this hundreds of models that I painted and got ready. And it's so satisfying. And those campaigns, yeah. I love them too. And, and the, and, and we talked about minis. I love that even more for the terrain sets because when I want, like I always visualize that gaming table, like that I'm going to build with this. It's just like, it's like yeah. when I got all those houses and those trees for Rangers of uh, Shadow Deep and I got mm -hmm. to put them on the table after working on it for a few weeks. It's just so satisfying. So humongously satisfying. They have this gigantic table full of really awesome terrain and it just yep. looks as just as perfect as it did in your head. Exactly like, right. And it's there. It's, it's it's and you can do that with these with these campaigns, and it's uh, it's a great way because sometimes people don't want to commit to the monthly thing because I mm -hmm. love the monthly pledges. It's such a cheap way to get so many amazing models, right? right. But you're waiting for months. Like like, I love my high elf army, and I mm -hmm. love last sword miniatures. Like they mm -hmm. are still putting out models. I've been supporting them for two years. Yeah, they are still putting out models that i need for my army and i've gone off to other sources to fill those holes in the meantime but right. i'll but but like they just did dark elves mm -hmm. a few months ago and it was just a campaign it was a kickstarter campaign the entire dark elf army all at once and i, I, I half of me wish they would just have done that with the high elves because there's like oh i just get it all at once i got it all right right um yeah so it definitely was more expensive than if i would have pledged in month to month like the the kickstarter or the no, sorry the patreon or the the tribes mm -hmm. ten dollars a month is like absolutely the cheapest way you're going to get models for right. sure and i do recommend everybody like at least that's involved in this hobby and if you can afford it i'm not never never stress never put yourself in the financially bad place for any hobby period it's true, it's true. Um, but if you can afford a couple of monthly subscriptions i'm not saying go overboard i'm not saying do like me and have 10 of them um, i mean i'm actually I'm closer to you than i've been in a long time i think mm -hmm. i'm only at like 24 right now 
but I have a hard limit at 10. And then in order to, to get a new one, I, I force myself to drop an old one. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have unfortunately subscribed to the following, which is if I had a $10 one and I back into $3 ones, I have saved oh no. money. <laughs> so my, oh my no. count has escalated, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's the absolute cheapest way to get the models. Like you're yeah. never going to beat that, especially if you are like pledging to one of the fire hose groups, like right. Um, uh, you guys or AVG or uh, AVG Epic or Epic. Oh my gosh, <sighs> Titan Forge is the one I was trying to say, and I got tongue tied. Titan Forge has tightened up a little bit. Maybe in a good way. I feel like those sets are a little tighter, tighter, and a little bit. Um, I mean, there's still like the little adventure stuff on the side, but it doesn't feel. You're like still getting like forty miles a month. Yeah, I guess so. It's still quite a bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's not epic. Like, like no, like I don't think anybody puts out as much as Epic puts out. It's like literally yeah, it's hundreds of models a yeah, month. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, mind boggling. Box of Force says, "Dang ten. I don't know. Do you mean dang only ten or dang tens a lot?" Uh, but uh, yeah, so and and the Kickstarters are a great way to get a lot of that same benefit. Like, mm-hmm. I got this gigantic co- cohesive project that's going to let me do this really cool thing, and it also is that instant gratification. And I, there's not a month that goes by that I don't buy one or two of these, mm-hmm. yeah. which is, is actually worse than than 10 because like i would probably see and it's interesting now now i'm kind of now i'm kind of curious because i probably only do it like once a quarter maybe no maybe maybe every other month maybe every other month but maybe you're not as far uh more controlled than (laughs) after all well do you have any other last campaigns to shout out to because we're we're getting close to the time uh i wanted this one's upcoming uh, cast mm-hmm. and play has a cool upcoming campaign. Mm-hmm. Cowboys, it's nice. cowboys. Nice. Is it and cowboys like or super is stylized? Like, so is it like Abron cowboys or is it like actual cowboys? It cowboy like, freaking cowboys, like the okay, old west aces and eights cowboys, but with their it. flair. Like, look at that sheriff riding that horse, and that's just awesome. And then you have El Nino beside her, which is like this like big burly dude with a machete and a scarf like they just go so extra with their characters and this is a genre that does not get minis often and so having a gigantic campaign from a from a a a creator i love like i don't get to play cowboy campaigns often no like there's some like dracula's west that i play that's a really cool skirmish war game that is like uh, themed with with uh, the old west, and occasionally get some Deadwood in. Um, I've never successfully gotten a game of Aces and Eights in, um, but but then I will know. Like this is going to be like the chance to get the minis because like like it, it, again, it's in the three D printing space where that's going to happen because like who's going to take the risk to make like this giant hundred mini set with supporting terrain and accessories for a genre that is not fantasy or sci-fi. Right. Right. Well, the Western oof, good luck. I mean, I think they'll do okay because it's rare and they're cast and play, but I'd mm-hmm. still, I still, it just kills me. Like every time we do this sort of thing, 
fantasy is always going to outperform sci-fi or other genres. Yeah. I mean, like, you know me, right after fantasy, superheroes is my, like, my favorite thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's oh, super, sorry. not a ton of superhero stuff out there. No. Unless you no. want specifically statues of DC or Marvel characters. Right, but even that's tricky because a lot of those people get shut down. So, like, you have to be, it's, yeah, anyway. Oh, I didn't say minis. I said statues. Oh, statues. You're going to need to play one six scale. Ma- You're going to need to play your superhero game in your backyard. Right. Right. <laughs> a, a city that's actually in your like cousin's sandbox. Anyway. Man, somebody should set up a hero clicks table like that where you're playing with Bowen statues on that's gigantic funny. dials in the, in the football stadium. Right. Right. <laughs> Hulk smash, and you just literally smash the cardboard building with the freaking like plaster Hulk. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, no. You got any? No, no. I mean, other than Monolith Arts uh, having their their campaign that's going on right now, which looks pretty exciting. Oh, I have a, something to shout out to that's not a Kickstarter. Oh. That's just a oh, shout yeah? out. Yeah. This one is, is one it? I thought you would love. Oh. Um, Mammoth oh. Factory this month has uh, mm-hmm. the abominable beasts that they've done. Mm-hmm. Look at this this wonderful mammoth. Oh, that has lots of tentacles. I kind of like it. It's 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 it's, in, it's inside out mammoth. <laughs> yeah, that looks pretty good. I just good. love it. I just it's just super creepy and it's tentacly, so I knew you'd love it. And it also has some spider legs this, going on. That's that's yeah. That's it's got like a this whole is bunch like of nightmare stuff. fuel. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean the uh, the uh, disorganized Snuffleupagus has left us. <laughs> this has taken its place. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right. Okay, everyone. If you want to uh, support the show, the best thing you can do is give us a review on Spotify or iTunes. If you're watching us on YouTube, the best thing you can do is like, comment, and subscribe. If you want to find more of our stuff, you can find it on preachergames.com, and that has links to all the socials. And until next time, I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I'm Kristen Sowers, also known as Seventh Mastery, and don't forget to use your screen protector.